Hey, Rachel, is that you? Yes. Thanks, Jesse, for your service. And thank you, everyone, for allowing me to tell my story. Um, I'm from New Jersey, Linden, New Jersey, which is a suburb. Uh, My parents, my mother and father, stayed together my whole life. Uh, Ten kids. Um, I'm the eighth child, so there were seven children before me. Um, I was treated, I was treated as, as a baby. Uh, my, my mom had three kids, two kids younger than me, but she dressed all of us like we were triplets. Uh, I, I always acted like a, I needed attention. I acted like a baby. I didn't want to grow up. I wanted somebody else to be responsible for me. Um, I started smoking marijuana when I was 12 or 13. I was, I found out early that I was, I was told that I was the best looking child uh, and the smartest child out of the 10 kids. And I found that people had resentments or uh, animosity towards me because of that. Uh, I knew how to speak well. I could, I could comprehend. I could, I could quickly learn something. And uh, I always did. I always was the spelling bee winner. Um, I just was very quick to adapt uh, academically. And I never saw where I got any praises for that. But I got a lot of praises for uh, doing the wrong thing. Uh, we were raised well. My, you know, we, we weren't on welfare or anything like that. My father worked hard. He worked 16 hours a day. He, he was always at work. Um, but he loved us. You know, my I don't know my father cheating at all. You know, um, I loved my father, and and he loved me. And um, my sister met a guy when she was 16, and he he was really fast. He was uh, he had a hot car. He had a GTO, and uh, he was a drug dealer. Um, he sold pounds of marijuana. And he, and he cursed, and he just he just lived fast, and I liked him a lot. Um, I, I I met him when I was about I don't know eight or nine. By the time I was twelve or thirteen, he had me cursing and smoking reefer, and uh, I would um, help him sell his reefer, and he would give me an ounce. And that was a lot of reefer for somebody my age. And uh, I uh, started, uh, I was an A student, but I started getting D's and F's because my mother would slap me in the face if I said something wrong or said something to her kids. Or, you know, I had a smart mouth. And I started rebelling because she's putting her hands on me. I don't like you to touch me. Don't put your hands on me. Don't hit me. 
and I started uh, I started rebelling. So I really liked my brother-in-law because he wasn't like anybody in my family. And I remember I got my whole I got about I don't know about six or seven siblings high off of that ounce of reefer. Well, every time I had reefer, I'd be like, "Come on, come on." And uh, I remember everybody was high, and I felt bad because I started telling them, move over, move over, until uh, we were sitting on the bed, and I was like, move over, move over, until my sister fell on the floor, and nobody knew that I was making everybody move over, move over, until we pushed somebody on the floor. I was just, uh, I was rambunctious, I guess, you know, and I had my own mind. And, um, you know, I was an attractive girl. I was tall, long hair, just, you know, thin. I looked like a model. I did model. Um, but, you know, I couldn't sustain it because I was too busy being bad. You know, I was, I, I gravitated towards the, the hip crowd. I couldn't be too corny, you know. I, I had to be cool. I couldn't do things that was corny. I wouldn't go out with a guy that wore glasses. I got my pick of the litter. I could pretty much, there was a lot of guys that liked me. I mean, I never had a problem. I never had a problem with a man. I always had a man. And I selected who I wanted. Uh, and I guess I was spoiled, you know, in that way. Uh, so I'm smoking marijuana and I'm going to school and uh, school was very easy for me. I didn't, you know, they took a week. They tell you on Monday what they're going to they're going to give you a test on Friday. By Monday, by Tuesday, I knew exactly what they were talking about. So I didn't have to worry. I always, I never got lower than a 90 on, on any paper, not just a test, any kind of paper. Um, uh when I got in high school, I got, I didn't want to, I just wanted to stay in bed and smoke marijuana. I didn't want to keep having to do these things. You know, I was now living in the attic of my parents' home, and I'd smoke reefer all day and not want to go to school in the morning. Um, I'd play hooky and go over somebody's house and smoke reefer and then come home when school was over. Um, and, uh, my, my 12th grade, I, I wanted to quit school because I just wanted to smoke reefer. My mother told me, she begged me. She didn't tell me. She begged me. She's like, you done came this far. Please just go get your diploma. And, uh, and I, I listened to her. Um, but I was really upset with my mom the way she, she treated me and she treated her siblings. I mean, my siblings. Because none of us seemed to do what they wanted us to do. And they was always saying things like, you ain't going to be nothing. You ain't going to be shit. You ain't going to be nothing. You know, and I tried to show them how right they were. Um, even though I had capabilities. Uh, so in my 12th grade, um, I missed one-third of the school year. And they wouldn't let me graduate. I had to go to summer school just because of how much time I missed. Not because of my grades. I was so hurt 
because my mother was hurt. My father was hurt. Everybody, they was talking mess to me. See, I knew you wasn't going to be nothing. And, but I went to summer school for them three weeks, and I got my diploma. Um, and then uh, I met a guy. And this guy was a heroin addict, and I didn't know what heroin was. I didn't know what drugs was. I didn't know what cocaine was. I didn't know what anything was. I didn't drink. The only thing I did was smoke a refill. This guy, I was 17. He was 24. And he was my first. I never had sex before then. And uh, I met this guy, and I, I really got turned out. I started having sex with him. And it was the best I ever had to me. And I thought if he loved me, he wouldn't get me high off that heroin. And he got me high off the heroin. And then I got addicted to the heroin. And my life went downhill real quick. So from, I only did it for about a year because I hated, I hated the stick a needle in my arm. Um, I would try to not stick it in my, I never really stuck it in my arm. I would stick it in my hand. I'd stick it in my neck. I'd stick it in my leg or wherever, wherever. But really, I couldn't really, got my veins aren't that good. So that's why I didn't do it no more than a year. Um, I just started doing other things. I started taking pills, but I stick, stuck with my marijuana all the time. I would drink brandy uh, because it kept me warm in the wintertime. Um, and this guy, uh, he wound up uh, dying because he stayed in New York. We were in Harlem in New York in 85. Back, We were buying Nicky Barnes dope. It was called Blue Magic. I was walking the streets of 8th Avenue on 112th Street, 116th Street. I was doing shit and messing with people that I, that nobody that I grew up with did, you know. I, I had that. I had to have a mentality um, that I wasn't used to because I was raised in a suburb. But being in Harlem every day, I would be catching the bus. I'd be going uptown, downtown. I'd be doing all sorts of things like I was a New Yorker in Harlem. And uh, it, it hardened me. You know, I've seen things. I've seen some rough things. Um, I, I've seen some terrible things that dealers do. I mean, I, I got raped and uh, just horrible things over there. Um, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Um, so I uh, I went to my, uh, we used to tout. So we had to, touting is, you bring people to the dealer to buy their dope, whether their dope is good or not. And and the dealer would give you a hit every morning. They give you a half a a half a quarter. So in order to get that half a quarter, they give it to you for free. But every, but all day long, that twenty four hours, you gotta bring people to them just to buy their dope. So I went and got my 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 hit and my boyfriend he did too. And he shot his up and then I I couldn't do as much as him, so I did half of mine and left the rest in the cooker. And then I saw him getting ready to go get the rest that I left in the cooker, which he always did, and it would make me so mad. He would always, I never could do that much. 
um, but I saw him going to get my dope, so I decided to pull it up in my in my dropper in my syringe, and um, I shot it in my vein. That's the last thing I remember. I OD, and uh, they decided to take my body and put it in an abandoned building. And uh, I was told later on by this girl that her and her boyfriend were coming down the street. They weren't getting high. They were snorting coke or whatever. Um, but he saw them, and he said to them, nah, man, I ain't going to let y'all do that to her. And he called the ambulance. And uh, the ambulance came, evidently, and uh, brought me back to life. I actually died. Um, I don't remember none of this. This is what was told to me. Uh, I remember in Harlem Hospital, they took me to Harlem Hospital. And I remember hearing somebody screaming, 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 screaming. And in my mind, I, I was sleeping, but I was like, I wish she would shut the fuck up. But that person screaming was me. I was having like this out-of-body experience, like, you know, it's hard to explain how you die and then how you come back and how you come back into your body. You know, but I, I got bits and pieces of a memory about it. And, uh, you know, that shit was devastating to me. But uh, I um, I came out of that and I was paralyzed. Um, my left side of my body, I couldn't do anything. The doctor came into the room when he felt like I was awake now after I don't know how many days maybe two or three, and I was tied to the bed. My ankles were tied to the bed, and my wrists were tied to the bed. And he came in, and I'm like, Doc, why Why am I tied to the bed? And he said, you were trying to jump out, going through the DTs, talking about get the bugs off me, get the bugs off me. I'm like, Doc, I, I shoot dope. I don't, I don't go through, I don't drink. I don't go through no DTs. He said, well, that's what you were doing. And he told me we were on the 11th floor. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm going to try to jump out of a window on the 11th floor. I got too much sense. You know, and he said, well, you were. And that's why we tied you up. So he untied me. And he told me to get up. And I said, Doc, I can't move. So he pulled me up, pulled my, pulled me up like, uh, my back off the bed and like up to my waist and I fell back down and then he pulled me up again and tried to make me stand up and he put my feet out of the bed and I was like sitting on the bed and leaning on him and then I started falling to the floor and I remember grabbing this man grabbed his chest, I grabbed his waist, I grabbed his dick, I grabbed his legs. I did not want to hit that floor, but I hit the floor. And I couldn't move, and I got mad as hell. And I started telling him off, what the fuck y'all do to me? You know, I know I probably walked in here, what is the hell going on? And uh, I started losing my mind uh, at that point, telling people off, you know. I felt like they did something to me. So, um, needless to say, I wasn't listening to them. I told them, listen, go get them damn papers. I know I have my rights. I know I can sign myself out. So, 
He said, okay. Well, before that, he, they did test on me. They did, this is 1985. They were doing MRIs. They, they, they couldn't find anything medically wrong with me. They started uh, uh, having me talk to psychiatrists. They give you those pictures of those ink spots or butterflies or whatever. What does this remind you of? Man, they kept catching me in lies, asking me about my past. They had uh, they hypnotized me. Uh, they asked me all sorts of questions. This lady asked me, did I ever have a problem with my mother. And I said, hell yeah. We all do, don't we? Uh, I remember that. Uh, it's just crazy. And then they, when I asked them to sign myself out, they had me sign some paperwork which signed me into a mental ward. And they put me in a wheelchair, put, covered me up with a whole lot of blankets, and pushed me through the basement of the hospital to a whole nother side of the hospital and on that side there was two guards sitting at a table and there was windows with the bars in it and a door that was locked and they pushed me through that door and left me there it was a crazy war and them people in there was crazy and uh, it was just horrible you know I remember them putting me in a shower stall, take a shower, which I hadn't taken a shower in weeks. And they turned the water on, and it was ice-cold water on my neck and body. And next time they gave me a shower, it was burning hot water. And I just remember crying because I couldn't believe that I got myself in such a horrible situation. Um... There was one lady who would help me. She would she would wash me. Um, I remember being in the bed and I I rolled out of the bed onto the floor. And uh, another girl that was in the room with me, she went screaming and they they came back in and helped me in the bed, and then they put bars on my bed. Uh, I had a horrible time in that place. Uh, a guy came in there and he started jerking off. We was all women in the room and he just started, we couldn't do nothing. He just came in there and just started jerking off. We just started screaming. Uh, another time, this girl that I became friends with, uh, they had gave us a, all a wallet with like $2 in it for Christmas. And the girl went in and just took my wallet out of my drawer. She was my friend. But she was getting out, and she needed the money, and she just took it in front of my face. And uh, I got out of there in about six weeks after being in that hospital. I went into a rehab in Newark called Integrity House. I was in Integrity House for 16 months. I learned to walk. Well, while I was in the hospital, um, I was paralyzed, but then they had me, they were showing me off to a whole lot of doctors and stuff, telling them about my case, how I came in, nothing wrong with me. They can't find nothing wrong with me, but I can't move. And they said, move your arm. And I lift my arm up above my head. And that's the first time I was able to move anything when somebody told me to do it, you know. And then they started thinking I was faking. You 
know, so they took my walker from me. They made me walk without any kind of crutches or anything. I used to walk along the wall, and I would sometimes I would fall straight, just you know, lean the wrong way, and I'm falling to the floor. Uh, anyway, um, I, I decided to go into a rehab. I was in Integrity House for 16 months, and I learned to walk again. I learned to take care of myself because I couldn't even do my hair, you know, but I learned how to do all of that stuff uh, one day at a time. I started going to meetings again. I never used heroin again since 1985. Um, I went to meetings. I I went to school. Uh, I learned, I became a State Farm agent. I got my insurance uh, producer license. Um, I uh, I got a job, and uh, I, I was in that career uh, since 1987, I think, and I I was in a room since 1985, and I, you know, I had a boyfriend who got hit by a car and died. Uh, I got married. Um, to, to to somebody who I started going to meetings with and uh, he had two years and he 13 stepped me the first meeting I went to I went with him and he he would get he would get so upset if I stayed late at the meeting afterwards and if you know I wanted to go before if I wanted to go to movies with people from him he just he just was very insecure you know he told me he cop locked and blocked I didn't know what that meant, but that's what he did. He copped, he locked, and he blocked. Uh, so um, by this time, I had the guy who started me on heroin. I had his child. My mother took care of my child while I was in in the, the rehab in Integrity House. Um, and then when I got out of Integrity House and I got a job, I got my son back, and uh, and I got married. And uh, I took very good care of my son. I made sure that he wasn't around. He never saw me smoke. He never saw me get high. But I told him about my addiction. I told him about his father. And I made him go to school. He had a learning disability. I moved and had him tested. I had him tested to find out what his his, his challenges were. And then I, I moved into a district that could cater to his needs because they kept my baby back in the in the first uh, kindergarten or first grade or some shit, they kept them back. And I was like, that's crazy. So I moved into a, a different uh, district where they had better schools. He went from a class of 30 kids and one teacher to a class with like 13 kids and two teachers. Uh, uh, so I stayed clean for about 18 years. Then my husband died and my son went to college. And I decided to smoke reefer. I got on antidepressants because I couldn't deal with life now. You know, I don't know what I did for them 18 years, but uh, I did steps. I went to meetings. I went to conferences. I had a sponsor. I did the steps over and over, you know, but when my foundation got shaken, I lost my husband, and I felt like I lost my son, and it was just me. And I went back around my 
I wanted to be around somebody that loved me. So I went back home to my family, my, my siblings, my mother and father, around the people who told me I wasn't shit, who had animosity because I was a pretty girl. So I, I spoke well. You know, uh, I wanted something out of my life. I raised my son well. Uh, they had animosity. They said, you're getting high today, Archie. And they blew the marijuana in my nose. And I was back off to the races. And uh, so I moved in uh, 2007. Actually, I lost six siblings. You know, I lost six siblings. I lost my husband. My mother and father had passed. And I just was tired. I was tired. I was tired of getting high. I was just tired. So I moved to Virginia in 2007. I started going to meetings down here. And uh, I stopped using. And I met people. And I was going to meetings. I was going to conferences. I was doing everything. I had relationships. Well, my mother was still alive. And in 2010, she got sick. So in 2010, I moved back around my family. My mother died in September 2010, and I started getting high again. And uh, I stayed in a house that I grew up in, rent-free. My brother lived there. He was drinking a lot. He was drinking for 30, 40 years. He blamed everybody, such a victim. And um, I decided to stop putting up with him. I moved out to Virginia here in 2017. And my brother lost his feet in 2018. I felt guilty about that. But I, I, I had to stop. I, had, I was going back to New Jersey because I was, I was going back to New Jersey every month because I was on medical marijuana for PTSD and my glaucoma and just stress-related issues. And I just was smoking way more than I was supposed to. I was getting THC that was in the 50%. 100%, at least 35. And I didn't want no nothing that was 12%. I didn't want no TAC, no marijuana that was low TAC. Um, I was getting the cartridges. I was getting the hash. I was getting whatever I can get. I was getting the liquid. Um, and all of a sudden, I started not getting high. I started getting paranoid. I started getting fast heartbeat and things like that, and I just, I wanted just to write my story, and I couldn't focus, I couldn't concentrate, I couldn't remember. I wanted a 12-step program, and one day I was stressing, and my heart was beating fast, and I started asking God to help me. Please help me. I begged him, if you help me, I'll never do it again. If you help me, I promise I won't do it again. And I found these rooms, I found these meetings, M.A., and I made a phone call. And I've been making a phone call every day since then. And that was January 9th. Well, actually, it was probably the first week of January because it took me at least a week to stop smoking. Uh, when, I, when I first came in, though, I only smoked at night because I thought I couldn't stop. But I finally made the decision to just stop and go through the withdrawals. I went through the withdrawals for about 30, 40 days. I started drinking tea. I gave up coffee. Gave up caffeine. I drink caffeinated coffee now. I took the first and second step. You know, I believe that my life became unmanageable. I, I, I believe in a power greater than myself. 
Um, I believe my life became completely unmanageable because of my choices in my addiction. I believe when I'm, I'm an addict, uh, I believe my higher power can restore me to sanity. Um, I believe in meetings. Uh, I believe in taking it easy, that slow variety. I believe in giving myself a break today. I believe in loving myself first before anybody else. I believe in taking care of myself before anybody else. Um, there are signs my body gives me when I start stressing, when people want me to do something for them that I can't do. So I listen to myself. I listen to my body. I take care of myself. I try to eat right. I try to think right. I take responsibility for all my resentments. They start with me. It's my thinking that causes them. You know, ain't nobody doing nothing to me. It's me thinking that they're doing something to me. You know, I can leave people alone. Usually I do because I believe what they I believe what they show me. If they show me they're an asshole, I believe it. You ain't got to do it to me twice. Um, but I'm so grateful for these meetings. Um, I have made some land meetings, but I, I really do love MA because my real drug of choice was the marijuana. That's where I started at. And I always believed that marijuana was not harmful. I believe that it was a herb. I had medical marijuana. But I understand now that it it, it has over 100 ingredients in it. Um, it is a drug. I went through such bad withdrawals, worse than I did with the heroin, the cocaine, or any pill, or any alcohol. I went through horrible withdrawals. So I have no desire to do that to myself again. I'm really grateful to be here tonight. Thanks for letting me share in our past. Rachel, I'm really touched and I'm going to turn on. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to share your experience. Hope and I'm 